I'd like to uh, say good morning or good afternoon or good evening to the people that are viewing us now or just joining us on uh, the internet. We do appreciate the people that watch us, the people that support us, the people that help us. And I believe that as we continue to do this, that we will reach more and more people with the goodness of the Lord. And we're thankful for the things that are, are taking place. But before I start my message this morning, I want, us to, uh, I want us to just believe the Lord that He will touch and help the people in California. Amen. You know, this is, this is absolutely heart-wrenching to see these people uh, having to move out of their homes and be lose everything they have. It's heart-wrenching, it's heartbreaking, and I don't even know how to imagine what that would be like. Uh, you know, I remember when I was living at home and I was young and we lived in Florida and a tornado came and took the whole top off of our house. But I wasn't the, the breadwinner. I was just uh, living in the house. So I didn't understand it all and wasn't responsible for it all. But uh, we wasn't totally devastated. We, we almost was. It took the whole top off of our house and, and all of our clothes and furniture got damaged. But it's nothing like the people that's going through this in California. And so I want us to pray for them. And then our son Tim, our son Tim has just, um, our son Tim has just uh, finished a week of meetings in the Philippines, and he ministered there in one of our destiny churches in a little city near near where you wouldn't understand unless you're from the Philippines, called Dukupin. And we went, we did destiny conferences all over the world, and we went to 26 different cities in the Philippines, and we called it destiny conferences. And so there's many destiny churches today because of our destiny conferences around the world. And so Tim was at this past Wednesday at one of our destiny churches, and it was totally packed and jammed with people. And then he flew over to another little, uh, or not a little, but a, the second largest city called Cebu, and he was meeting with a group of people there with the parents of children with autism. Uh, one of the ladies that worked in our, our uh, ministry, uh, she has a child with autism, and she felt led of the Lord to start a ministry. And so they had 140 people to show up to their first gathering to see how we can partner with them and uh, be a part of what's going on there. And then he flew back to Manila. And see, they're 14 hours ahead of us. So uh, he's... Um, He's in the bed now, I guess, because he's going to be getting up soon and getting the airplane on the way back. But he ministered in Manila. And to you that remember, uh, Val Basilo was here just a few months ago back in the spring. So Pastor Tim preached this morning in the Manila time, not this our time. He's already preached there and ministered there in his church. So I just got a text from him and said, Dad, I'll be coming home uh, and be getting up in a little while and coming home. So let's just pray for his safety as well. Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness, your love, and your mercy. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that as we come to you for all of these people in California that are uh, going through things that we can't even understand here, 
the devastation and the loss that they're experiencing and having to deal with emotionally and financially and other ways and those that have lost lives those that have uh, just been so hurt with their loss Lord let somehow let the light of Jesus shine in the midst of all of this pain and all of this darkness and instead of causing people to be angry at you Lord I pray that people will turn to you Help people not to blame you and look harsh upon you. But let them see that you're the God of our salvation. So bring healing and deliverance and help to the people there in California. Thank you for our son Timothy for ministering there in the Philippines. And all the people and the plans that they have. Josie over the children with autism. Bless Josie and minister to her. Minister to all the people that are in our church service this morning. And those that are viewing us in other parts of the world. May you be blessed and anointed and touched of God. And anoint me, Lord, to speak your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you will touch the hearts and lives of people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'll tell you, God is good, isn't he? Even in the midst of the storms and trials and everything that goes on around the world, God wants us to stay faithful and remain focused on Him. Now for several weeks I've been talking about a particular subject and you know you have to decide uh, whether you, you want to receive or not. I, I, I can talk to you, I can preach to you, I can minister to you, but you have to decide if you want to receive. And we are getting phenomenal results from the internet. I mean, absolutely phenomenal results from the internet of this particular series on making the rest of your life the best of your life. And that's what I want to continue on. This is going to be part four, and it's not going to be the last one, because there's got so much more to say yet about this, because uh, no matter what your age may be, You know, some people think, well, you're just talking to people that's old. No, I'm not talking to people that's old. I'm talking to everybody because there's principles that we should live by. And when we live by these principles, this causes our life to take a a step ahead or we, we step up another notch. And so that's what I'm really praying and believing for, that people will begin to live a better life and be more content, more happy, more pleasant. You know, you've heard me say many times, content or discontent, which tent are you living in? Well, I choose to live in contentment rather than discontent. And it's unfortunate that many Christians today are so discontent, unhappy, confused, and not really basking in the glory of the Lord. But I believe today that somebody is going to be touched of the Lord. Can I hear an amen by that? Now, if you're really serious about making the rest of your life the best of your life, it's up to you. I, as I said, I can preach to you. I can give you scriptures, but it's up to you. And one of the things that you're going to have to realize, it means that you're going to have to grow and change. And sometimes growth is difficult 
Change is difficult sometimes. And you know, I remember when I was growing up and, and as I did, my, my size of clothes began to change. Well, I had to get new clothes. If I didn't, I wouldn't keep up with the growth. And, you know, we're watching Jordan as she grows and we're having to, to we're seeing her having to change little things that she wears because she's getting taller. Well, as we grow, change comes, and change, when we grow, change is good. And as I've mentioned this before, many times we can change, but it doesn't mean we grow. So God wants us to grow, and when we do grow, we do change. Now, I want to say this again. I think I said it last week, but many people want things to be better, but they're not willing to make the necessary changes they need to make for things to be better. Just like a lot of husbands and wives and marriages, neither one are willing to change. And when they're not willing to change, the marriage is not going to get better until somebody changes. And when somebody changes, then that's when it begins to get better. You know, the late Robert Schuller used to say, if it's going to be, it's up to me. So I want to say that to you today as I begin. If you're going to change, it's up to you to make the change. Now, let me remind you now for the fourth time, uh, how do you make the rest of your life the best of your life? I said the number one thing is learning to put God first in your life. Everybody say, God help me, God help me. to put you first in my life. Now, see, this should be our priority when we wake up in the morning. Uh, the very first thing we should do is start our day off right, getting our attitude. You know, uh, George Mueller once said, he said, before I leave the house, I get myself happy. I get my soul happy. Well, do you get your soul happy before you leave? God wants you to get your soul happy before you leave because if you get your soul happy before you leave, when the, the issues of life begin to come, you can deal with them a lot better because you've already got yourself happy. You know, if you've made some mistakes yesterday, don't make the same ones yesterday, that today that you made yesterday because if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting things to get better, it's not. You've got to do something different. Let me read the scripture again that we've read each week because it's so important. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, we, we again, let me say, uh, I, if, we're, if we're wise and we're growing and we want a good life and we want to follow God, we're not going to be seeking the things. Now, you know you've heard me say every time, I'm not against things and God has blessed us with things. God's blessed us with a beautiful home. We have nice clothes. We drive good cars. Uh, we eat good. And, and uh, I'm, I'm just grateful for the things. But you know what? I'd rather have the kingdom of God. I'd rather have the righteousness of God inside of me. And then he will give me the wisdom how to get the things that we need in our life. But many people are pursuing things and some people are always trying their best to, uh, you know, 
just be at the top of the ladder. I like being at the top of the ladder as long as it's on a good foundation. I don't like being at the top of the ladder when it's not good and steady. But as we climb, we want things to get better and better. Has anybody here? Now, my counsel to you, number one, this morning, is to guard your emotions with the Word of God and be determined to put God first. Instead of feeding the compulsions of selfishness which come from our old nature. You know, Pastor Al and I were on a, a webcast here a few nights ago, a week ago or so. And he said, when I get up in the morning, he said, my old nature gets up with me. And so, uh, you know, and, and righteousness gets up with us. So we have to choose which one we're going to let control of our life. You can let your old nature control your life or you can let the righteousness of God control your life. See, I've said many times, and I know you here in the service, you've heard me say this. There is a war on for our soul. There is a constant war to get your soul because that's where you live from. You know, in your soul, uh, the soul, that, that you know, right between our ears, there's stuff going on in our thought patterns. And what goes on in our thought patterns is what we're actually what controls our thoughts is what we actually do. So what are you allowing to control your thoughts? Now, living by your feelings keeps you from enjoying the present and especially keeps you from stepping into the future that God has for you. And I watch Christians over and over again go by their feelings. I feel, I feel, I feel. Well, we all feel. We all feel, but we need to allow uh, God to be greater than our feelings. See, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not saying this that we have to be perfect because we don't and we won't as long as we live here on the face of this earth. I'm sorry if you think you're perfect, you've not arrived because uh, you can't get there in the flesh. You just can't get there. And I'm not there and I don't pretend to be there and I don't want people to say... uh, Well, he thinks he's better. No, I don't think I'm better than anybody else. I just have the Holy Spirit that I'm relying on trying to be better at everything I do and everything that comes against me. I want to handle it better today than I did yesterday. I want to grow into something to where I know God's voice more today than I knew it yesterday. I want to feel God's presence and be in His presence more today than I was yesterday. I, I want to have the goodness of God operating through me. I want to be more generous today than I was yesterday. I want to have my thoughts and my passion and my compassion and my love more, more in, in the spirit realm than in the natural realm. Amen. Is anybody with me today? Amen. See, I'm saying we should continually make the effort to be changing and growing for the better. Now, let me just stop and say to you, uh, uh, you know, as we're doing this service this morning, I know some people will watch this later, but we only have a few more weeks left in the year. 
before this year. Can, can you believe that we're already at the end of the year? Uh, uh, almost near the end of the year and soon we're going to be starting a, a new year. I mean, it seems like we just snapped our finger and we were just... It seems like I'm standing up here just a few days ago saying the very same thing that we're at the end of the year. And you know... How many times do you hear me say this at this time of the year? I don't take a vacation from uh, on preaching and from using my faith and from st- stretching myself to do more at, at Thanksgiving till the first of the year. Many people quit life almost from Thanksgiving uh, uh, until Christmas and say, well, you know, I'll start at the first of the year. Well, why do you want to wait and start at the first of the year when we've got all this time left to have it? We can put the pedal to the metal. Glory to... Ooh! Let your faith begin to rise and put your faith to the metal. Your, your, your pedal to the metal. The pedal to the metal. Let your faith rise and let's go in through this the rest of this year. Let's be like a whirlwind of the Holy Ghost. God just stirring us. Let us be like the people on the day of Pentecost when they came out in the Spirit that you got the rest of this year. You're not just going to get by. You're not just, just going to make it. But glory to God, you're going to get better every day and when January 1 comes you just propelled right on in to January 1 of 2021 can you believe that not quite <laughs> see I'm checking to see if you're listening actually 2019 will be here soon and then it won't be long if Jesus hadn't come it'll be 20 and then it'll be 21 Folks, I never dreamed when I was a 15-year-old kid that I would see this time. Never dreamed I would see these numbers that we're seeing on the calendar today. So let's do all we can to be what God wants us to be. Make it a goal the rest of the year not to criticize anybody. I like that, Anthony. (laughs) Make it a goal to be nice to people. Make it a goal to be nice to people that's treated you bad. Uh oh, now, Pastor, I got to check out on that one. I got to check out. No, no, really, seriously, I'm not just saying this to fill up the space of here while I'm speaking. But if you would make it a goal that I'm, I'm going to do my best for the people that don't like me, or the people that don't, don't, don't appreciate me, I'm going to do my best to give something good back. I'm, I'm going to treat them the way I want to be treated. Shouting me down there almost, you know, but I'll preach it anyway, you know. Seriously, if you want the rest of your life to be the best of your life, you've got to stop, start somewhere making the change in your life. You know, I, 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 I know there's people that don't like me, and, 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 and you know, some of the, the pastors uh, said I'm too old to preach in their church anymore, and, you know, I could get mad at them and, and say stuff like that, but, you know... Uh, <laughs> I just keep preaching here. I just keep preaching to people all over the world. So I just love them and go on anyway. And God bless them. God bless them. Amen. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. So make it a goal. Make it a goal that the rest of this year you're really going to start working 
own making the rest of your life the best of your life. Especially if you get real emotional and lose control and your temper just gets going. You know, make it a goal. I'm going to contain my temper. I'm going to contain the temper. I'm not going to let the temper get out and let me say all these words. And if you're one of those that uses bad words... Did you know Christians use bad words? Did you know Christians tell lies? <laughs> Richard doesn't believe it, but uh, you know, Christians tell lies, Christians say bad words and all of these kind of things, but make it a goal to clean your lips and your mouth and you know, Psalms 141.3, I set a watch on my mouth and on the door of my lips. You know, make it a goal. I'm serious, folks. I'm preaching this message not to just have a message to preach, but to say to you, I want to draw you in to the goodness of God. And I want to see the blessings of the Lord on you. I want to see you prosper spiritually, physically, emotionally, and financially. I want to see doors open for you that... Almost that has been impossible for you to get through. God will open those doors. Is anybody here? See, make it a goal to use this year to press into a better life. And Paul said it this way. And listen, this is important. 1 Corinthians 13, 11. He said, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reason like a child. And now that I have become a man, I have done away with childish ways and have put them aside. Now, (laughs) this is the Apostle Paul saying, I realized I had to grow. I realized I had to change. You know, many people grow older, but they never grow up. Many Christians live a Christian life a long time, but they never mature in the Christian life. So we're talking about putting God first in our life, and when we put God first in our life and we start when we get up in the morning, then our life begins to represent Jesus and we start treating people better. We start growing up. You know, I I, I look back at my life and, and when I was a child, I'm a lot different in, in the, a lot of the things that I do. I do things different than I did when I was young. And I'm glad that some of the things that I have changed, they were all for the better. And that's what God wants. He wants them to be better. Amen? Amen. I remember, and you've heard this story, but it bears repeating because I know there's no one here that ever has an attitude problem. Nobody has an attitude problem. You never. I mean, you know, if I could be like you and just have that perfect attitude, I wouldn't have to work so hard. But, you know, I, I remember I was pastoring a church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and, and, and you know, it was a great church, and, and we were having, a, you know, great crowds, and God was just blessing the church and blessing the people, but it wasn't doing exactly what I wanted. So I kind of got nipped at the people, and I just started blaming the people. It was your, their fault. So I decided I was going to go away and I'd spend a few days in prayer and find out what I could do to get these people to change. And uh, because I knew they needed to wake up and, and hear God. 
And so, but I knew better not to book me a ticket to Florida to the beach. I knew better than that because I'd be outside more than I was inside. So it was in the wintertime and I, I booked a ticket. I believe it was Fort Wayne, Indiana I went to. And who in the world wants to go to Fort Wayne, Indiana? But I booked it to, and why Fort Wayne, Indiana? But I did and booked a hotel because it was cold there. And so I knew I'd stay in the room. So I got in the room and got all settled and had a meal and did my stuff. And then the next morning I started my devotions and I was praying and I got down to pray. And I was really praying about them people that was that just had bad attitudes and, and just I just couldn't move them. They just got stuck. And the Lord said, it's not them, it's you. I said, man, that must be the devil talking. Do you do that when God talks to you? See, making the rest of your life the best of your life. Sometimes the God's talking to you and you're blaming it on the devil because he's telling you, you're the one that needs to fix the problem. It's not somebody else's problem that's yours. Well, I prayed and I talked in tongues and that voice kept coming up. You know, you need to change your attitude. Well, Finally, uh, you know, I finally I got the message, and when I did, boy, I went back home. I mean, I didn't have to stay in that cold. I rebooked my plane. I went back home, and when I got there on Sunday morning, we had Holy Ghost revival because I realized I needed a change in my life, and when I changed in my life, we saw a great change in the church. Maybe you need to change your attitude at work and there might be a better opportunity at work. <laughs> anyway, this is, this is kind of outside the message. Now, as we grow up spiritually, don't you think we should become more like Christ? Don't you think our attitudes, our minds, our thoughts, our actions, our words, our lifestyle should be more like Christ? And don't you think we should learn to have self-control? Oh, yes. You know, self-control when we have difficult issues sometimes is difficult for a lot of people. You know, I, I, I was talking with someone, I believe it was this week, and I was, I was um, you know, had some problems with my getting in, logged into a particular thing, and so I called the, the um, what, what do you call it anyway, I, uh, called tech support. Well, when I got on there, this guy said, well, what about this and what about this? And I was answering all of the questions. But because I wasn't sharing clowers, he said, I'm sorry, sir, I can't do this. I said, I've answered every question. I've proved to you who I am. I don't care. You've got to be sharing clowers. So I dialed and I got sharing clowers on the phone. He said, you can't do that. He said, I don't know that sharing flowers. I said, well, I do. <laughs> anyway, I really had to get self-control because I was almost losing self-control because I had spent about an hour needing help, and he would not, no way, form or fashion even after she hung up and I had all the information he asked me for would he help me well you know I felt I felt that the temperature going up I felt the scale going up and I know my voice range got a little higher 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody ever does that, I know. So finally I said to the gentleman, I said, I know you're doing your job, and I want you to forgive me for getting rude because you're doing your job and you're trying to protect me. And I'll figure this out another way of how I can get in on my computer so that she can't just get on hers and, and mine because we share the same password. We say we are a part of the same thing. So forgive me. I know you're just doing your job. And he said, I appreciate that, sir, very much. You don't even know how much I appreciate that. Now, I want you to uh, realize if you'll take responsibility, now I'm not saying I'm, I'm good because I did that, but I took responsibility and apologized to someone that I had escalated a little bit. I, I, I wanted to escalate a lot. I wanted to tell him a few, few things, don't you think? You know, well, I won't even tell you what I wanted to say, but see, uh, self-control sometimes can be difficult. There's always going to be things that we have no control over, and especially when people make bad decisions that affect us. And how many times do people in their own personal family make decisions that affect us, and it causes us heartache or financial situations because they make bad choices, but we have to endure and go along with them. And see, we should come to the understanding that our future will not be determined by our challenges, but how we handle our challenges. How are you handling your challenges? See, when bad things happen, determine to let them make you better instead of making you bitter. You know, when our, our, our son was killed, we could have allowed that to make us bitter but we chose to make it better. It wasn't easy, but we chose to make it better. So I, I just want you to know, if you use self-control, let's, let's just say, I'm going to set a goal between now and the first of the year that when something happens, I'm going to have self-control. Instead of getting angry, instead of shooting my mouth off and saying words that I shouldn't say, I'm going to, I'm going to maintain self-control. See, life can be full of unexpected things, either happy or sad. But no matter what happens, always keep a, a loving heart. Everybody say a loving heart. Loving say this heart. behind me. Positive thoughts, Positive and, strong faith in God. and strong faith in God. Let's do that one more time. Let's keep a loving heart. Positive thoughts, Positive thoughts and strong faith in God. Say, if you do those few things, God will help you on this journey and you can enjoy it a lot more. Live with passion. See, when I get up in the morning, when you get up in the morning, you know, if you've got to go to work, sometimes that's not the most that's not the most passionate thing in the world to do is to get up and go to a job that you don't like. Especially drive through the traffic. 
But you see, you've got to become passionate about God, passionate about life. And instead of saying, I dread to go to work. I don't like this job. That might be true. But to say, Lord, I'm passionate about you. Help me today on this job as I go on this job. And then those people there at work that don't like you or you don't like them, one or the other, just help me, Lord, to keep self-control. Help me to keep self-control and smile when I don't feel like smiling. Be nice when I don't feel like being nice. See, live with passion. Live with passion. Live life with passion. I get up in the morning and I have passion about life. I, I want to accomplish something good. I want to touch somebody's life. You said, well, you're a pastor. That's got nothing to do with my, my reasoning for wanting to live with passion and do something good for somebody. We all should have that if we're Christians. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Live with compassion. Live with compassion. And also, put some laughter in your life. How long has it been since you've had a good belly laugh? Nobody answered me. How long has it had since been since you've had a good belly laugh? Maybe I ought to call Rodney Howard Brown in and have him come in here and laugh for us or something. I don't say that to insult him now, not to be nice to him. But, you know, he'll just laugh and laugh and people all over the congregation just start laughing. I got a call this morning or last night right before I went to bed. Uh, uh, I got a call from Moldova and a young man that God touched his life in our meetings there. Uh, I introduced him a, a number of some time ago to Rodney Howard Brown and he met Rodney Howard Brown in, in uh, the Ukraine and, and then he, he went back to his pastor and, and he got his pastor to invite Rodney Howard Brown. Rodney Howard Brown was coming in and he was having to interpret for Rodney Howard Brown. So he called me up and he said, Pastor, I'm nervous and it's five o'clock in the morning and he was talking low. He said, it's five o'clock in the morning and I have to pick Rodney up at the airport in a little while and I have to interpret for him for a, in a little while. He said, but I've never done this for Rodney Howard Brown. I said, well, you did it for me. He said, but that's Rodney Howard Brown. I said, well, just laugh when he laughs. <laughs> just, just, just to relax. See, sometimes we get so tied up about stuff. Why, why just, just put some little laughter in. Sometimes things get bad for me. I remember one time <clears throat> she called me and and she, I asked, <clears throat> uh, you know, we don't count the money. Other people count the money. But I, call, I, I, I usually get a report, you know, and, and uh, about what the offerings are over the weekend because I know what the budget is and how much it takes. And, but I remember one time calling her up, and, or she called me up, and I was home, and I said, what was the offering? And she told me, well, you know, it wasn't enough to pay the bills. It wasn't anything. So I just started laughing. Now, it wasn't funny. It was not funny. But I just started laughing. And I just kept laughing. And she just on the line there, you know, and she knew what was going on. She knew we were having to stand in faith instead of me saying, oh my God, what are we going to do? I don't know what happened. What are we going to do? How are we going to make it? But I just started laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. A little while later, she started chuckling along with me. <laughs> See, 
Put some laughter in your life. Dr. Colbert down in Orlando, a great friend of ours, he said we need 15 belly laughs a day. Yeah, 15 belly laughs. That's not just... <laughs> some people all day long... <laughs> now people are going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> but I'd rather laugh than cry. I'd rather laugh than cry. Now some things you don't laugh at, but we do need laughter in our life. And I love the song we were singing this morning. And and Thanksgiving is one of the things that we need to, to be a part of is giving a lot of thanks to the Lord and having hope. See, if you're going to have a better life and make the rest of your life, these are ingredients. She cooks. This woman, this woman cooks stuff. My wife Sharon, she cooks stuff, and I'm telling you, when she cooks, she's got everything. She stirs everything in there. She's putting everything in. And when I eat it, I thought, what in the world am I eating? She said, well, I got this sauce, I got this spice, I got this, and I got that, and harissa, or whatever, harissa, or marissa, or whatever her name is, I don't know. She starts putting all that stuff in there, and, and you know, it, it, she, she just keeps putting stuff in there and it gets better and better and better. The, the, the more mature she gets, the better cook she becomes. <laughs> so, you know, just keep getting matured, dear. That's all right. Just, just get, the rest of your life can be the best of your life. See, put good things in our life. That's what I'm preaching about. That's what I'm talking about for you to get up and say, I'm going to do it different today. I'm going to be better today. I'm going to smile today. I'm going to laugh today. You know, we walk, and it's very interesting where we walk. We walk about three to five miles in the mornings. Now, we didn't didn't yesterday morning. It was a little cool, but we walk from about three to five miles a day together, and it's amazing. We meet people, and some of them won't even look up and smile, and and we just smile right on. Good morning, good morning, you know. Well, some of them don't even acknowledge and whatever, but then we'll find that occasional one, even before we can, good morning. You know, it just makes your walk a lot more pleasant when you can smile. <laughs> because one pastor's jogging, and, and I tried to say hello or whatever. They were hurting too. <laughs> they were hurting as they were jogging along. I said to, I said to Pastor Sharon, I said, you can tell they were hurting too much to smile. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm getting off course here. See, don't try to just survive but learn to thrive. How many times do we get in survival mode when God wants us to be in thrive mode? I want to thrive. Amen? Amen. I want the joy of the Lord to be evident in everything that I do. Sometimes bad things happen in our life, but really, when it does, it puts us on the path could be one of the best things that happens to us because it'll put us on the path that that God has for the best thing in our life. I remember a gentleman years ago, he'd worked on a job for years and years, and they laid him off, and he came to me and he said, Pastor, what am I going to do? I said, go start your own business. Start my own business. Whoa, whoa. I couldn't do that. I said, yeah, you could. 
I said, do you have any, did you save any money? Yes, we've saved money. We got, I said, well, and so I sat down with them, talked with them. They opened up a, a auto parts store, store business and it became one of the most successful uh, businesses in Chattanooga, Tennessee. But what if he hadn't got laid off? Now, I could tell you this story over and over again. See, when many people come to an end, it's only the beginning. See, many times when people come to an end, it's only the beginning. It's the time to start what God really has planned for you. So, uh, you may not have the best of everything, but learn to make the best of everything. Come on now. If you got some leftovers, if you got some leftovers and you don't, you know, maybe you don't have what you need for the day, well, make the best of it. Go, go do what my wife does. Put something else on the inside of it and make it taste a little better. Come on. You may not have the best of everything, but make the best of everything. Is anybody with me? Believe. This is big, what I'm about to say. Believe the best is in front of you, not behind you. You say, Pastor, how can you do that? You're, you're, you're going to be 76 years old real soon, and you're believing that the best is in front of you. And see, I'm not talking about retirement. I'm not talking about going and taking care of my beach ministry. But I really do, Pastor Al, believe that the best is in front of us. You and I, when you put it together, we got over 100 years of ministry. Over a hundred years of ministry. And God has blessed us to do a lot of things. You know, he knew that Brother Allen as well and, and others. And they pastored this great church and for years and years and years. And so all of the people that have been in our life that have been touched. And as I just told you, we got destiny churches all over the Philippines and other places where we've started churches. Well... You know, that, that's a big deal. But I believe whatever's left in our life is going to be the best of our life because God is going to multiply what we are doing and what we have done. It's just going to multiply faster and faster. So, believe the best is in front of you, not behind you. Amen. Now listen to this. And uh, Cheryl, I hope you can put this on the screen for me. When you're kicked by life, let it kick you forward. When you're kicked by life, let it kick you forward. Don't get stuck in self-pity. Learn to be a truly thankful person for your salvation and for what you have. So you may not have what others have and you may not have what you want to have, but be thankful for your salvation and thankful for what you have. You may, you, you may want a house and you may be an apartment, but thank God for the apartment. You may want a new car and you've got a used car. Thank God for the used car. Amen. See, many times people won't stop and thank God right what they, for what they do have. So how can God give you something better when you can't thank Him for what you already have? You may want a, good or be, a better job, but thank Him for the job. But I don't like my job. But thank God you got one. This all right? See, when the voices of doubt, hurt, 
and uncertainty start whispering. Turn up the volume of faith and listen to the word of God that will give you hope, courage, and inspiration. So when those voices start talking to you and telling you this, just go over there and turn up the voice of faith. Turn the word of God up and begin to quote the word of God. I'm the righteousness of God. I've been redeemed. I'm born again. I'm a child of the king. I'm an overcomer. I walk by faith and not by sight. I'm a giver. I'm I'm a giver. I'm not a taker. Begin to just say all kinds of things from the word of God and inspire yourself. Amen. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. See, one of the greatest lessons in life is to learn how to stay calm and peaceful in the storm. Did you hear what I just said? I know you did, but can I repeat that? I think I'll just repeat that. Whether you give me permission or not, I think I'll repeat that. One of the greatest things in life is learning how to stay at peace in the storm. You know, my grandson Chad's good to see him. Him and his wife Danny, boy, have they gone through they have they gone through some kind of a deal with their house, you know. They bought this beautiful home and they had an insurance policy, but somehow it didn't get transferred over right. And when the summer came, you know, the foundation just and it cracked, and the water broke, and all of this, and and it cost a lot of money moving into a house they didn't expect any repairs to have to be done. Had to dig up the floor and dirt with piles of dirt in the house. None of this stuff is easy, folks. Life happens, but see. He could have gotten mad at a lot of people and blamed a lot of people and done a lot of things, but he still have to do what he did. He'd still have to get the engineers and, and the foundation people and the plumbing people and all of this and put up with the mess. So getting mad and angry and saying all kinds of things not going to change the facts. So why not have a good attitude while you're dealing with the facts? You know, I could stop right here and say I preached the message already. But let me let me just go just a little bit further. See, there's been times. Well, let me say this. Let me say this. Are you really a thankful person in good times and bad? See, it's really easy to be thankful when things are good. But when things are not good, is it easy? I, t- I tell people, count your blessings and do it out loud. Sometimes I walk around the house and I just start thanking God for this and, you know, things that we have. And there's things in our house that we don't need and we don't use. You know, they're just pretty things. And, and I know when we go to heaven, our kids is going to care less about them. 
But we, well, you know, her mother gave a lot and different people and different people all over the world has given us stuff and we have them displayed in a cabinet and it's nice and another cabinet and in my office. And I'm thankful for those things. They don't do me any good, but they're there. And as I said, when we go to heaven, our kids are probably just, you know, selling for nothing. <laughs> but, you know, I'm thankful. And sometimes I just go, and it'll make me think of something when, when I see something of who gave it to us. And, and, and if they're still alive, I thank God for them and pray for them because some of the things we have, people are going on to heaven. Well, I count the blessings and I count them out loud. And when you start counting your blessings, you may be surprised what God's done for you. How much gratitude do we give to God when we're alone? Just you and God. How much thanks do you give to God when, when you're alone? And He, the Father, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, is the only one listening. See, this morning when we were singing and worshiping, a lot of us, we were thanking God and giving praise because we're here corporately, and that was wonderful and awesome, and I'm glad, and it was great to see you worship and praise the Lord. But how much gratitude do you give to God when you're just by yourself and nobody's listening but God? It's easy to sort of say things and impress somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Where's Barbara? She's out. Thank you, Jesus. It's easy. Now, I'm not talking about Barbara, but I'm just saying it's easy to say that when you got someone applauding you or whatever, but when it ain't good, you can still say, Thank you, Jesus, with a big smile. See, there's been times when we've lost things. Pastor Sharon and I, and maybe you have too. And sometimes it's because of a decision we made that wasn't the best decision we could have, but we thought it was at the time, but it wasn't, and we lost. And then there's other times that there's things happen that we couldn't avoid. Like one time when we were in Florida and a man put a gun to my head. I didn't want that to happen. And I had this beautiful watch on. Diamonds, gold bracelet, it's all 18 karat gold. Diamond bezel, diamond on this and diamond on that. And it's very, very expensive. Well, he'd seen me at a gas station and followed me, and I didn't know that, and pulled up behind me and blocked me in and got out with a gun and put the gun to my head. And he's looking at Pastor Sharon, and I'm thinking he, he's going to try to harm her or hurt her. He wasn't interested in her. He was interested in what I had on my arm. But I was going to do something if he was going to, and he had a gun in his hand, but I didn't. But he put the gun to my head, and he said, give me your watch, and it won't hurt you. Well, he took my watch. I wasn't a happy camper. I didn't have a belly laugh. And I was angry. I was angry. That's a normal emotional reaction, isn't it? When someone does that to you, when someone violates you like that. And I called the police and they said, well, there's nothing we can do about it. They wouldn't even, because the gentleman was at the store where I was, and they wouldn't even bother to get the video camera and get a look at him. 
That even bothered me. But you know what? I just started thanking God that he didn't hurt me. And when I started thanking God that he didn't hurt me, then I began to pray that somewhere down the way, he'll run into the labor and he'll realize what he did and turn his life back to God. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to wrap this up now. If you've not thanked God for what you have received, at least thank him for what you've escaped. If you can't, if you've not thanked him for what you've received, at least thank him for what you've escaped. Now, folks, this is how you make the rest of your life the best of your life. It's by doing the, 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 the principles and that I'm, I'm teaching about today. See, I've come to believe that there's few things are more important or more becoming. I've come to believe that a few things are more becoming in a child of God than a grateful heart. There's probably nothing that makes a person more unattractive than the absence of a grateful heart. Because when you're ungrateful... You've got that attitude of, of uh, what's the word? Entitlement. Entitlement. See, a grateful heart doesn't have entitlement. That, that they feel entitled. But a grateful heart puts you in a position to where you can smile, to where you can do the things that I'm talking about when you have a grateful heart. But when you don't have a grateful heart, you know, sometimes that's worse than, than people with a disease. Is anybody with me? Amen. Cultivating a thankful heart is a real safeguard against becoming bitter, prickly, and sour. How many Christians do you see bitter, prickly, and sour? A grateful child of God can't help but be joyful, peaceful, and a radiant, shining, bright person. You know, you can just see people sometimes. They just shine. They're just bright. They're just radiant. Well, because they're grateful. Gratitude may not immediately change your circumstances, but it can change, your imp change and improve your attitude <clears throat> and outlook for the future. You know, I'm glad that God has taught me gratitude. See, some people don't know how to be thankful. They just don't know how because they didn't have it in their house. You know, a lot of people don't embrace. A lot of people don't. You know, uh, my wife's family, they're a hugging and kissing family. My goodness, when I, when I went to Canada and they're, they're all Italians, I mean, every time I walked in, they hugged me and kissed me, you know. Tammy, my daughter, she said, I don't like hugging. Wow, well, I don't know how she got in this family if she doesn't like hugging. <laughs> I mean, we're huggers, we're kissers, you know. You know, we just hug and kiss you. We hug people we don't even know. <laughs> but, you know, it's just the fact that we like to express God's goodness. Amen. Amen. We like to express God's goodness. You know, Sharon's cousins used to come up, and I'm pretty cousins used to come up and hug me and kiss me on the cheek. Oh, I just want to go around again. Uh. 
<laughs> they would do that, but I'm not. I'm just kidding about the rest of the part. Of it. <laughs> is the gratitude that you give to God and others as rich and free as the grace that God has given to you in your life? Is it? Think about this. See, gratitude, thankfulness. It, it's it's really because you're a giver. Givers are grateful people. Grateful people are givers. Grateful people aren't stingy people. Stingy people aren't grateful people. There's a world of difference between being able to say thank you than actually having a thankful heart. And where, let me ask you this question, does gratitude rank on your Christian virtues? How where does your gratitude rank on your virtue of your Christian attitudes? Where does it of your virtues? Are you low and hardly give gratitude? Or are you one to give gratitude? I'm almost done here, so I'm wrapping up. I learned that from Pastor Al. Did not say I'm, 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 I'm uh, closing. I didn't say that. I learned from Pastor Al to say I'm wrapping up. See, it takes a long time to wrap the box. <laughs> Got to tie the ribbon. Oh, uh, Don't be a whiner. Have you been a whiner and a complainer? Don't whine and complain about everything that goes wrong, but just start enjoying the journey. Amen. Amen. Enjoy the journey. You know, I've, I've had we've had things happen, and I just enjoy the journey. I had a gentleman at work for me one time, and we were driving. We, we lived in Tennessee then, and we had I had to go to Johnson City and speak in a minister's meeting. And one of my pastors said, Pastor, will you let me drive you in your car? And I said, well, sure, if you want to do that. So we drove, and on the way back, I looked, and I said, we need gas. He said, okay. Um, and so we passed the gas station, and I said, Ron, we need gas. He said, well, I'll stop at the next exit. I said, you better. I said, now, if we stop and if, we, if you pass the gas station, we run out, I'm going to sit in the car and I'm going to let you find the gas. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, see, these people procrastinate about different things, but things happen. His procrastination uh, affected me. So we passed another exit. I said, Ron, you should turn around at this exit here and go. He said, no, there'll be another down the road here, Pastor, and I'll just stop at it. We went, and he passed that one. I said, I want to tell you again, I don't have a gas can in my car because I don't pass up gas stations when my needle is on empty. And so I don't know how you're going to get gas, but we're not going to make it to the next station. He said, Pastor, don't be an unbelief. Don't be in doubt. I said, I'm not getting faith for gas. I said, we had gas stations already that we had. And I, we've got the money, so you should have gone in there and got some gas. Anybody with me understand? So we're riding along about 70, 75 miles an hour in that beautiful car. And all at once it goes, chug, 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 chug. 
Well, I didn't say I told you so. I didn't say anything. I just sit there and smiled. He pulled the car over the side of the road, and I said, whatever you got to do, I said, I'm just going to sit here and read my Bible and, and enjoy while you go find gas. <laughs> Took him about an hour and a half, and he finally found some gas, and somebody brought him back, and he had a can. And I said, was that fun? You wasted an hour and a half of our life. Is that fun? But you know what? I didn't get mad. I just went on and, and he said, Pastor, I learned a lesson. I said, I hope you won't be passing up gas stations anymore when someone's car is empty. Well, see, I'm not a whiner. I'm not a grumbler. I'm not a complainer. But I did try to give good information. We need gas. See, some people just keep procrastinating about change. Some people listening to my message and say, that's a good message pastor is preaching, but they just keep going on doing this, keep passing up, keep passing up. He kept passing up. Don't pass up the opportunities to be better. Now, this is the last, and I'm going to close. Some grumble why God put thorns on roses while others notice with awe and gratitude that God has put roses among thorns. You know, when I when we, we don't have roses in our yard anymore, but when we did, I didn't go out there and say, mm, look at the thorns. Sharon never said, we, we were walking the other day, and we passed, but she said, look at that beautiful rose. It had a lot of thorns on it. She didn't say, look at all those thorns. There's thorns in life. But why don't we notice the roses instead of all the thorns? If you want the rest of your life to be the best of your life, you can do that. I didn't near finish. One of the scriptures I was going to get to of talking about thanks was Hebrews 13, 15, 13. And it's talking about the sacrifice of praise. See, it's easy to praise. It's easy to praise when something's going good. But the morning, the morning that we had to go and pick out the casket for our son that was killed the day before. You know, you know, things like this is it's really difficult. I remember, you may think I'm foolish for talking about this, but I just want to let you know that we have experienced life a little bit. And I remember when our son was killed, he was electrocuted, and so they said, we want to do an autopsy. Well, I said, I don't want you to do an autopsy. And the reason I didn't want to do an autopsy, in my brain I could still see him. And in my brain, I saw them cutting on him, which they were going to do anyway to, to embalm him. But, you know, sometimes your emotions just, just get... And I was way younger. And I kept saying, I kept saying, no, you're not going to do a, an autopsy. And then some police came to our house and he said, sir, we have to do an autopsy. I said, no, you're not doing one. And then I had a couple of great men in our 
house. They were elders in our church at the time. One's name was, he was a, a doctor and his name was Bill Turner and the other one was Bob Beavers. And they come and they hug me. They said, Pastor, you have to do an autopsy. There's not a choice. You have to do an autopsy. There's not a choice. You don't have a choice. I didn't want to do it because it was emotion controlling me rather than facts. How many times, as I said, something happens and our emotions are maybe not in the same situation as us. But you see, I realized finally when these two men embraced me and said, Pastor, this is necessary. They want to find out if it was, he really was electrocuted. And he was by, by an accident. But the next morning, when I gave praise, it was a sacrifice. It was a sacrifice to say, thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your love. They're new every morning. So I want us right now, I want us to just put our hands up right now, would you? We did it earlier today, but not just with your mouth, not just by your hands raised, but a deep gratitude of thanksgiving. Father, you say it from your heart, not what I say. I'm thankful today that I'm alive. I'm thankful that I know you as my Savior. Thank you for redeeming me and delivering me from sin and bondage. Thank you, Lord, for the life you've given me, my family, my beautiful and wonderful wife, our wonderful congregation. Thank you, Lord, for the people that you put in our life over the years. Thank you, Lord, that I can stand here and rejoice and not be angry and bitter and sour. And, and, and not be jealous and have all these things in my, my heart. But thank you, Lord, that I can just look up and love you. Even when things have been tough and things have been hard. Thank you, Lord. If it's a sacrifice of praise, give it to Him right now. Give it to Him right now. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Come on. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. You just don't know. I am so grateful. I am so grateful. I am so grateful. I am so thankful. I know I'm repeating myself, but I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. We've had a lot of bad stuff to happen to our family, but I'm so grateful that God gave us the strength to walk through. Thank you, Lord. Sharon never walked out on me. Thank you, Lord, she never walked out on me. I could go on and on finding things to be grateful and thankful for. Thank you, Lord, for the clothes I have on. 
Thank you for the shoes. Thank you, God, for the people that come and listen to me preach and put your tithes and your offerings in to help. Thank you, Lord, for the people that watch around the world, those that do help us or pay the bills. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Linda, for going to the keyboard. Thank you, Al, for this morning leading us in worship. Thank you for worshiping this morning. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, David. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, ushers. Thank you, greeters. Thank you, ministers. Everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that somehow this message will resonate over and over again in the hearts of the people. That they will want to make the rest of their life the best of their life. That when tragedy, pain, hurt, things that are sensitive come to us, we'll maintain that self-control and have compassion, passion, and laughter instead of anger and jealousy and strife. Thank you, Lord, for grateful people and generous people. Amen and amen. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings and you that are viewing I'm going to ask you to I'm going to ask you to be a part today. Go to our website. Our website is very simple now. It's elglobal.church. elglobal.church. We shortened it so you could get there. And when you get there, it's on the screen, eoglobal.church. And just one way, just put your credit card in there and give. But if you're one of those that don't want to do that on the internet, there's the post office box where you can send your check to. I'm asking you that are viewing. I'm asking you that are viewing. Today, let the Holy Ghost speak to you. Send in a Thanksgiving offering. Somebody called me this week and said, Pastor Don, I've been to the hospital, but I've been watching you. And I just set my tithe in. I just set my tithe in. I didn't know who, how much it is or anything like that, but said, I just set my tithe in. You're my pastor. And they live in another state. Whoever you are that God's talking to, be obedient today. And you bring the offering containers down here and tithe and Everybody just bring your tithe and offerings.